0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with legendary composer, arranger, and trumpeter Charles Tolliver. Over the course of our conversation, he was very candid about his beginnings in 1963 with the great Jackie McLean, and how that break led to bigger gigs with cats like Sonny Rollins. He told me who his jazz heroes are, why he loves jazz, and much, much more. Please dig this interview, my friends.
1: So I just want to start off at the top and ask, what has been going on with you lately? Well
2: like I've always been doing, playing that trumpet. Just like the rest of my colleagues, you perform wherever you can.
1: Has it been pretty busy lately?
2: No more than usual. I mean, you know, in in the performance business of straight-ahead jazz, as they like to call it, I mean, things can always be better, but uh, not so bad.
1: Right on. So you grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, and I want to kind of get an idea of what was it like growing up in Jacksonville that gave you kind of this this love of jazz that, you, that you've you had your whole life?
2: <laughs> well, I think probably I was scatting by the time I was five years old because my moms and dad, they had the uh, original jazz of the Philharmonic 78s, those big old, fickle 78s. And um, I used to sit down and listen to those and uh for me, the rest is history you know that that had me in my ear and brain and uh, you know a few years later, my grandmother had me a little cornet, and uh trumpet became the um uh, instrument of choice and uh, you know through high school and um uh, college and then you know fortunate to get a break uh, kinda early on i mean um that's basically basically i mean there's a big story in there, but that's just, that's the short of it you
1: know? yeah, no that's cool, that's cool, so it's safe to say that since you were a kid, your dream was to grow up to be a musician.
2: Well, it wasn't a dream. It was, a, or I was ordained by, <laughs> by, you know, by the powers of be, you know, that, I mean, each individual, there's something that clicks in that either you start to do that right away throughout your entire life or it clicks in later. Uh, that it clicked in for me. It certainly uh, by five years old, I, you know, I pretty much knew I was going to be doing something with music, you know.
1: Yeah. So was the big break for you in 64 when you played with Jackie McLean?
2: Actually 63, uh when I met him for the first time and um you know, started to um uh, sidekick with him and, uh, and then of course the, the recordings that came up
1: uh after that starting in 64. Right. Right on. So you were majoring, um, you were a pharmacy major at Howard University, and luckily you went over to music. How did all of that happen?
2: Well, it, 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 I was going to go over to
1: music anyway.
2: Um, I always loved, as probably a lot of musicians, they like because you have to deal with really numbers in your brain, you know, negotiating chord changes. And, uh, you know, so a lot of those guys, my colleagues are are great with mathematics and chemistry and all that, all that other stuff, but music is, is, you know, everything congealed as, as a musician. And, um, you know, I liked watching in the old days when the pharmacist was mixing the medicine, you know, the apothecary, you know, putting all those formulas together and mixing it. And so... That appeal to me, you know. Uh, it's about the numbers, you know, yeah. holes and ones. And so, um, you know, I I'd, I I'd love to be able to do that. But most of my time outside of my pharmacy classes was spent in the fine arts building. So, <laughs> you know, at at the, at a piano somewhere, you know, it's deep down in the fine arts building. So by my third year, you know, I, I you know, it was like, you know, always chomping at the bit. You know, and you're in, you know like the jockey he's got he's got he's got this stallion on the eighth pole, you know, and he asks him, you know okay, <laughs> let's go <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you know you know the jazz um, music you know just propelled me out of washington d c back home, you know, jump yeah. yeah. which was fortunate because that was at the right moment, and um I was you know in um Uh, You know, sort of a camaraderie of people, you know, movers and shakers, so to speak, at the time, who, you know, sent me to Jackie. Otherwise, had I I arrived a little bit later into that, you know, uh, know, I might not have, you know, been steered towards him, you know. So, you know, everything at that point worked out, you know, okay for me.
1: Yeah. So... From those beginnings, you move on to play with Roy Haynes, Sonny Rollins, uh, Art Blakey, and all kinds of cats like that. What was it like to perform with them? How did that make you grow, not only as a musician, but as a person to be around that kind of talent?
2: Well, you know, during the the incubation of, you know, modern jazz, of course, you know, Dizzy Westman, Charlie Parker, um, when, when a new fellow came on the scene, uh, they would check you out and if you were up to snuff, you know, um, eventually if you kept coming around or you asked to, you know, sit in or whatever, um, you know, you, you, know, you probably would get a call on something and, and so, um, you know, after I got my break with Jackie, you know, those those during the L P there, of course those things were you know, being played a lot, and um, uh, Roy Haynes was looking for a trumpet player at a particular time, and you know, uh, uh, he had heard about me, and so I got a chance to do that. And then, lo and behold, uh, one day, you know, which is one of the great moments of my life, you know, getting a call from Sonny Rollins out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, you know, we, you know, his nickname is Nuke. You know, so. Uh, uh, you know, we'll say Nick, uh says, okay, you know, Charles Fowler your time. You know, he had a funny way of, of uh, delivery of his, you know, the way he talked. You know, so yeah. And um, from there, I worked uh, better part of uh, a year with Art Blakey. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to make a, re- a recording with him. He was. in in between, you know, recording dates. And so, but I mean, um, uh, that was a great experience. And then, of course, Gerald Wilson uh, out in California, Oliver Nelson, and then, you know, the the trumpet player's dream, Max Roach, you know. So, uh, and Horace Silver, you know, after that. So, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better, you know, kickoff those first five years or so of my career. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you played with what the world would consider jazz heroes. Who would you consider your jazz heroes?
2: Oh, there are many. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, there are many, and on on every instrument, you know, not just trumpet. But um, but you know, just for sake of you know, time, I mean, you know, my original hero was Charlie Schaeffer's because um, you know, as a as a toddler sitting in listening to, you know, Jazz the Philharmonic. He was on there as well as little Jazz, you know, Roy Eldridge, and, of course, Dizzy Gillespie. But Dizzy was a little bit over my head at yeah. five years old. You know, uh, Dizzy didn't click in until, I guess I was about uh, about eight or nine. So it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, uh, Kenny Dorm just magnificent, you know, Fats Navarro, magnificent, and, uh, you know, Clifford Brown, you know, you don't even have to mention that for, you know, talking about Trump, you know, and, of course, Miles Davis in in many different ways, not just as trumpet but as a band leader, Uh, Donald Byrd, B. Morgan, and, of course, Freddie Hubbard, you know, so.
1: Right on. Let me ask you this. What's the greatest thing for you about waking up every day?
2: Trying to beat up on the trumpet, I would think, you know, because each time you know, trumpet player touches it, you know, you, I mean, it's it will never allow you to take it for granted. It's it's it is the most, as far as I'm concerned, unforgiving of of all the instruments, because uh, it, you know, you're required to give airflow, keep a good tone. And uh, you have this steel that you have to deal with, this you know, this piece of mouthpiece steel. So um, uh, I, I would say, you know, at some point, you know, when I wake up, it's, uh, you know, not beat up on the trumpet, but lovingly <laughs> urge it to to be kind to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let me ask you this. It's a simple question. Why do you love jazz?
2: <laughs> you know, jazz music, not just the word jazz, but, you know, start, I mean, basically starting with, you know, what, 1899 or so with uh, Pops and, and Duke coming on and all of those original guys who figured out a way how to make the music swing, uh, you know, which is one of the reasons why it was called swing music, you know, swing era and all and that. You know, and it took it took someone like a a Charlie Parker, although probably there were a couple other guys uh, whose names have been thrown around in the historical texts of the you know, of, of this music who were, were probably trying to do what he was doing, but he, he, he had mastered it and I mean it took us into, you know, the the modern era of the music, you know, and the you know, bebop and so on thing. We all got these names thrown around. But I mean, um I just, I, I I love the ability to have um, dealt with the, the, you know, the formula in the you know, foundation that was laid down. Basically, like in classical music, I mean, Bach is the all-time great as far as I'm concerned with mm-hmm. classical music. I mean, he laid down the foundations for you know, uh, the Scalia thing that we use with some classical music, you know, although it took some 50 to 80 years for, the, for some, you know, Mendelssohn to 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 say, hey, you know, you guys slept the real deal, here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, um, uh, you know, the, the basic foundation of the music, as far as I'm concerned, uh, must be kept no matter what new things or so-called new things come into play. And I mean, John Coulter is an example of taking Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker's mode of things and absolutely giving us uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned along with Joe Henderson and a few others you know just an exclusive look at you know the music that's called jazz you know uh, in total excellence you know Clifford Brown by example and and so um, what I love about you know jazz music is that it encompasses so many facets of uh really american life you know from 1900 or even a little bit further back uh, until now even through the so-called avant-garde period because it you know uh, the, the the foundations of the music had to suffer some some bombardment you know to to see if it would you know um survive and um you know, and assimilate, you know, even some of that, of course, into, in uh, you know, the idiom. And so I would say that uh, uh, all of the different generations you know, of, of, of this American art form, you know, I love. And, but my, my preference is, of course, the generation that I came up in. I, I think it's incumbent from those of us who are left from the generation to ensure that uh, that's not lost, and we are certainly fortunate to have someone like uh, Barry Harris, uh, God bless him, who's still with us. And you know, you know, he's just it's just magnificent because uh,
0: the theory of the
2: music is laid out so wonderfully, you know, from uh, Bud Powell onward, you know, so all those kind of things. Are, you know,
1: that's beautiful. That's that's perfect right there. That's a perfect way to put kind of a, a period on this interview. I Thank you, Charles, for taking some time to open up your world and talk with me a little bit. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over America. Giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Charles for his music, his stories, and his cool. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit the neonjazz.blogspot.com for all things neon jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends.
2: Neon Jazz.